So we're about uh, about two weeks now into our Rethink launch. Yeah. And we, we released our first freebie from Rethink yeah. last night, right? Yeah, something you can get outside of the Rethink community. Yeah. So... Yeah, just for anybody, just because we think it's helpful. And then, uh, um, and hopefully it will interest people in what we're doing too. There's always that end of things. But this is the five questions you should be asking yourself. The five what if questions. The five what if questions you should be asking yourself. Yeah. So um, this is, uh, these are just five, uh, well, what if questions that you and I have been asking ourselves for years yeah. now. Um, and it has completely affected how we see the world. Yeah. yeah. And what I what I like about these questions is that they're transferable to just about anything that yep. um, that you're wanting to rethink. So whether it's relationships, whether it's faith systems, whether it's political That's right. um, things or um, you know, economy, environment, you know, whatever. These um these particularly five questions are um, are designed to continue the learning and the the growing and the expanding of whatever it is that you're you're questioning. Yeah. So uh, we will put those in the show notes, mm-hmm. and anybody listening to this episode should go and download that free PDF now because um, we think it'll be helpful. We yeah. think it'll be super helpful too. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty standalone. I mean, obviously we can go further, but I think yeah. it's definitely some good takeaways to just uh, yeah, to start putting own. into life practices, daily routine, um, Absolutely. regularly. Yeah. And if you do download it, let us know what you think. Yeah. So somebody posted a meme online today and it showed like the Northwest just in a ball of flames. Spokane is hell. Yes, Spokane (laughs) is the armpit of hell. I think it's something to that. Something like that. And good God, you go outside right now and like you can't hardly see the end of the street. It's so smoky and it's hot and it's, yeah, it feels somewhat yeah. hellscapish right now. Yeah, being able to look at the sun with no seriously you know, issue. Yeah, out of my walk this morning, um, the the sun was coming up and and like you could stare right at it and it bright looked like something orange. yeah, bright orange ball mm-hmm. and not intense at all. Like no. it didn't hurt my eyes at all to look at it. And uh and it reminded me of something like out of a Star Wars movie or something, <laughs> like a, yeah. a Tatooine scape or something like that. So, you know, I um, saw it out of my um, our clinic windows. Yeah, and it was like, whoa, hello, son. <laughs> hello, son. <laughs> nice to be able to see you. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. How you doing behind all this mask? Yeah. So. I did notice a lot more a lot more people with masks on. I don't know how much it's related to COVID or how right, much it's related right. to the smoke or air quality outside. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Well, we'll be talking about that kind of in a roundabout way today um, in our topic that our topic of talking. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get to that, we made a super awesome hot summer day cool drink today. Yeah. I'm so excited about okay, this. what is it? So this is a hard root beer float. Ooh. Yeah. So this is uh, homemade root beer. Well, okay. homemade. We made it in our soda stream. <laughs> it's not you really. You put two things together I would, and I mixed, I mixed two ingredients, so I made it in my home. <laughs> it's like my homemade pickles in the old pickle yeah, juice. Yeah, and then, uh, and then a shot of vodka and then mm-hmm. a scoop of vanilla ice cream. No, you got oh, to cheers. cheers. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So you even in our, me a spoon. Yeah, in our fancy uh, frozen Coca-Cola mugs. So yeah. we'll mm-hmm. see how this is. Yeah. Oh, mm. that's nice. That's <laughs> real nice. Yeah. Do I have a nice frothy mustache now? Yeah, mm. you do. Mm, I'm, I'm saving some for later. That's what, <laughs> that's what they say about that. <laughs> yeah, so we do have, a, do have a spoon, too. So if we need to scoop the iced cream, <laughs> oh we can do that. A little uh, sip of vodka got to you already. <laughs> the iced cream. We, so, okay, so I saw this really funny thing on TikTok. And here we are talking about TikTok again. Oh, my god! Um, it's my fault. Totally my fault. But there was this, uh, this person, and she had, like, this really strong, uh, like, British accent, you know? So it made it even funnier, I thought. But she was just going around and doing, like normal things that we would never think about, but then like calling attention to them as if it was the first time anyone had ever done these things before. And it was hilarious. Like, like just standing there and like, hold on, wait a second. I feel something. And then doing a somersault and somebody else reacting to it. Oh my gosh, what are you doing? And how a somersault is like, just, not that weird, but the first person that ever did a somersault must have been a nut uh, job or, <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm kind of getting the impression that I should watch the TikTok versus <laughs> hear about the TikTok. It was, now all of a sudden I'm trying to think of the rest <laughs> of the things. She had a ton of things and, and it was hilarious. And, uh. Holy shit, we should probably edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. I was, I'm sweating. Is it hot in here? I don't know. Yeah, actually, it's really hot in here, isn't it? Yeah, drink some of your nice, frothy, cold <laughs> root beer float. Oh, my God. That was the worst story ever. <laughs> I, think, I think it might have. In yeah. fact, while you're telling it, I'm going, this is, this is not going to end well. <laughs> it's kind of like that show we watched last night. <laughs> where it just yeah. it was just a show about a person and they were unhappy with life the end <laughs> like, and I got nothing done, happened and I was like I, I think I might be unhappy with life right. now you were like <laughs> you pointed oh. out all the things I should be unhappy about <laughs> yeah. and you were like oh I bet I bet he's gonna like like kill her or yeah, something like I'm sure like it's gonna have this ser- twist yeah. that makes it like no, this I was story like he's a he's a serial point. killer or something you know and nope, nope. he's an unhappy person. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what my story was like right there. Yeah. That was kind of another story like that. We're just gonna keep going with those kinds of stories Maybe that you don't really tell stories today. Have any uh, have any real <laughs> you know meaning to them? No inciting events or anything like that. I don't know. Okay, we could probably be done. I'm going to go play poker tonight. 
Yes, you are. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, oh, because here's the other big thing we did not talk about. You know, we release these episodes on Sunday mornings, but today is Friday. The 13th. Friday the 13th. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh. It's explaining so much about today. <laughs> it really. <laughs> so when, uh, Kaylee was in the hospital for a little checkup on some stuff the other day. And so I brought that up when the nurse was in there and I was like. Are you telling another story? No, no, no. I would, well, kind of, but I was just going <laughs> to. Jesus, this one. Uh, Go ahead. This wasn't actually a story. It's more I, of a statement. I, okay. Okay. If it's the one I think you're going to tell. It's, no, it's, it's okay. not that one. Okay. See, that one That one was funny. No, it wasn't. That's, that's why I was like, is. don't tell Anyway, I said, so come out Friday the 13th. I said, do you, you know, do you guys kind of prepare for like weird happenings around it and stuff? Or like that in like full moons. I hear, I hear. Mm-hmm. You know, that weird happenings happen and, you know, around that time. And she's like, she's like, you know what? I, I usually work in the emergency room. And she said, full moons for sure. She's like, weird, weird shit on full moons in the ER. Um, she said, but Friday the 13th, not so much. So I think Friday the 13th is all, is a movie hall or yeah, movie holiday. So we could, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe Jason came later or something. I don't know how it works, but mm. Anyway, so uh, it, you have to be a little engaging if we're going <laughs> to... You can't leave me out here in the desert. That's I was trying to have like an actual interesting oh, conversation about, about today Friday being a, a weird day. Okay, so let's move on from that because obviously that's nothing. Well, no, um, my Friday the 13th started with me tripping in the hallway over flat carpet and pouring my protein shake shake all over my work clothes. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So that's how my day started. Yeah. At, you know, six in the morning. So Yeah. Um Yeah. So, I'm, you know, who knows if there's I don't know. There's superstitions. Just bring me more root beer. Superstitions, right? <laughs> um so I'm gonna go play poker tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh and I I thought it was very interesting how as soon as I mentioned to you that uh hey, there's you know the guys from our real estate office are getting together and playing poker tonight and drinking whiskey and that sort of thing. No, no, I, I actually, I actually sat on that information for just a little. You while. did, you did, and then you said, "I'm very contemplative today." Yeah. Um, and then I said, "Here's what you need to do." <laughs> yes. <laughs> tonight, when you play poker, <laughs> and I gave you detailed strategy. Yes. On how to win. Yes. And I said, uh, I'm just going to go hang out and get to know the guys a little bit better. <laughs> it's a $5 buy-in. I really don't give a shit if I win or not. Oh, and free whiskey. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And you are and you were all about the win. I got, here's how you have to win. So if I don't come home with money in my pocket tonight, am I sleeping on the couch? Is that what you're telling me? Is it? <laughs> So misunderstood this, <laughs> Mister Nine. Yeah. Um. No, I just okay. So, I really don't understand people who play poker for social reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's this, there's this, I don't know, disconnect there yeah. for me. Um. So if you're gonna go play <laughs> poker, and you're going to put money. Into the pot, yeah. five dollars or not, it's still money. 
then why wouldn't you try to win the rest of the money? Okay, so first of all, I'm going to drink more than $5 of whiskey tonight. <laughs> that won't be hard. <laughs> and so there's, you know, that really, I'm just seeing that as like, I'm helping out to pay, to cover the cost of the night. That's really what's happening there. And I have never won at poker in my life. I really, I, I don't know that I have won a game of anything in my life because I'm, I'm just not that good at games. I but like them. I like to play them. I'm trying to equip you <laughs> because I do win at poker. I just stopped worrying about winning and how to win and strategy and all that kind of stuff. And I figured it's got to be about something else. Like what? <laughs> you know, I know this is really foreign concept, but getting to know people, you know. So. Okay, so my strategy oh, for you okay. was to play a long game, not a short game. And by playing the long game, you sit back, you small bet, or you fold, so that you can get to know the other players and how they play. Yeah, yeah. And about the time that you get to know them, they will have had enough of that free liquor <laughs> that you can start playing and then oh, you can start winning. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of get to do both. Yeah. So it's what some would call take advantage of, you say, employ strategy. It's fucking poker. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> you take advantage of other people's right. tells. Oh, I'm so, so bad at that. I'm so bad so at taking advantage of people. I don't understand. I don't understand why you play poker if you're not wanting to win. So this actually brings up an interesting conversation. <laughs> That uh, just how wildly different we are from one another. <laughs> yeah? It, yeah? I mean, like, like really different approaches to the game this of poker. Is, this is why we've never been to Vegas together, like, other than driving through it. No. This is probably why we shouldn't ever go to Vegas together. Because you would go and just have fun. And I would go and yeah. be... Totally stressed out because Do you know how many I, cool shows there are there? How many great buffets and restaurants and <laughs> poker? Right, you would go to win, and the house never loses. I know yeah. that. That's why I don't play at those houses. Oh, but if you're it. going to someone's house who's providing the bourbon or the whiskey. Then you should... Bourbon is whiskey, but go ahead. Well, you've corrected me on that in the past. You know what? <laughs> right. Right. I wasn't correcting just, you. you. I was just go lose tonight. <laughs> right. You go lose and make friends. You go do that. Have a nice time making your friends. I, just, I don't Loser. Understand. I don't understand. <laughs> no fun in it. So. Right. Right. We are, we are very different when it comes... And not just in that... We're, we're different in a lot of things mm -hmm. um, that uh, actually I think works quite well for us. Yeah, unless you're taking my $5 to go play poker. <laughs> right, I'll take my own $5. <laughs> I have less $5 than you do currently, but I'll, I'll take some of what I have and go do that. Um, but uh, we thought that, uh, you know, kind of kicking off of that, that we should talk about all the different ways that people relate to each other. Not all of them, because we don't know all the mm. different ways. But um, And the diff 
just because that's just kind of fascinating. And it's so much a part of our world right now, too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, we kind of laugh at ourselves now because we can look back and we see those things as humorous and fun and part of what makes us us. But I'll tell you, when we were first figuring them out, not so much. Yeah. They graded us the wrong way. Or they left one of us feeling like, disoriented or oh my goodness I don't I really just don't understand yeah and and is it fair to say that usually you were left feeling disoriented because my differences kind of have to do with being just like way more laid back and kind of go with the flow and all that kind of stuff should we talk about OCD right now oh I do do that sometimes I I you know okay so here's here's a real thing you know because I know you're, you know, I don't, I don't, well, I don't know how serious you are about that, but here's a real thing. I have never been diagnosed with OCD or anything like that. And so I have heard that, you know, that people that actually have conditions like that. Don't appreciate the, don't what, appreciate I just, what I just did. Yeah. <laughs> no, because right, I no, have, no, I get that. No, I have said that a lot about myself too. And I don't really think that I have OCD. I have, you know, I have tendencies, but I, you know, I don't think I, I mean, real OCD is like a real thing. Anyway, that's kind of like, but, but, but that is even part of the, like the, the differences between us. So we've actually. Okay. Laid back. Laid back. Not, not really. You're pretty. Here we go. It's the toothpaste. Oh, no, you're right. Yeesh. Yeah, I yeah. really don't care how it comes out of the tube. I'll squeeze that tube any way I need it's to. It's not just about how it comes that out really of the bad. tube. <laughs> You'll squeeze that tube however you need to. That's what she said. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but it's not just about how you, you know, from the middle or rolling it from the end Can we or get whatever. That out of this car? No, this is, it's hard to turn that into something. It's <laughs> my well, this is gonna make it even worse too. My whole thing is about how dirty you leave the tip. <laughs> you have to stop. <laughs> but this stop. is a real issue for me, and you're you're making it nasty, so we can't talk about it. <laughs> I just don't want the tip left dirty. So I'll say toothbrush now. We had to take a short little break here while Jess devolved into a coughing fit. Uh, I even worked hard to devise a system for applying the toothpaste on my toothbrush so that, you know, cause usually when you brush your teeth, you like go to spit out and then you spit out like a ball of toothpaste that never actually- I've never had that happen. Oh my God, it used to happen. Then you're not brushing your teeth right. So I, I, I have devised a system now to get the toothpaste into the bristles of the toothbrush and then the, and then the end of the toothpaste tube stays very clean and doesn't have any, you know, toothpaste residue gunking it all up and all that kind of stuff. This is the only, listen, I, I should teach a class on this. This is what should happen because it is the only way.
I have left the room. <laughs> there are some things that... Okay, but wouldn't you agree that there are... If there's a better way to do something, then you should just do it the better way. Okay, here's my theory. Okay, let's hear it. I have a limited amount of energy, and what I choose to spend that on um, usually has to do with what's most important. How I brush my teeth isn't as important <laughs> as how many times I brush my teeth in the day. Got it. Okay, just brush the teeth. I, I work for an orthodontist. <laughs> right. I can brush my teeth anytime I want. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Yeah, so... I, I, so no, why do no, no, we no. value different things? Um, I mean, why? Why does that? Why does something like that matter to me? And it and it just doesn't even register on your radar. It's a well. Some things that matter to us have to do with um, insecurities or control. Okay. Other things have to do with our value system. We all have a different value system. I mean, but are you gonna, we we can't really apply value system to toothpaste. Uh, or can or, or can we? Absolutely. If you if you value um, order, you value efficiency, you value certain things, then you're going to react with your environments based on those things. Okay. Um, my highest value in life, I'm finally come to accept and be okay with this, is justice. So for me, everything tends to be viewed through the lens. Of was that just? Not was it fair, but was it just? Sure. Was it equal? Was it, you know? Um, so when I look at my work environment, when I look at my home environment, is everybody equal? Is everybody equally contributing? Is everybody equally taking? So then it breaks down to things within the home. Okay, who left their silverware out for me to clean up? That's not always very just that you think less of me to do your work for you. See okay. that? See okay. that? So, so your value system absolutely creates and helps to create the environment or what's important to you. I do think that um, much like the Enneagram um, talks about is that we have our moments of strength and we have our moments of, um, it's not, the word isn't weakness. What is it in Enneagram? Um, I'm, uh, I'm blanking on it right now. Unhealth, or um, yeah, there's something yeah. like that. Anyway, uh, suddenly blanking Some, too. It kind of depends on who's talking about it, too. right? But um, where, when you are, um, you know, in in a really healthy space with yourself, then you tend to dial into those um, those values and our motivators in a certain way. But when you're not in a healthy place and there's more things of insecurity or different uh, environmental things that are playing a part too, then you tap into the things that look for control of those things to try and bring that back to what is like equilibrium for you. Yeah. So um, I think that when we tend to find ourselves trying to um, obsessively control little things all around us we're feeling a sense of out of control in some other areas that are usually mm. probably much bigger so um it's not that the toothpaste itself is an issue we make fun of it because we kind of have fun with it now if i were to 
you know, convert to your side of toothpaste <laughs> rolling, um, then I would almost be giving into the fun banter that it is now, right? right? But um, but for some people, it's far more serious than that. So, um, and it's part of how we navigate uh, relationships, how we navigate jobs that we choose and participate in. It's how we navigate politics. It's how we navigate faith and how we see divine. Like it, yeah. Uh, which takes us back to mental health and why sure. all of that is so sure. important too. But let's balance it out here for a second. And I got too serious for you. No, 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 no. Because I, I mean, you know, we usually we usually go to more serious topics at some point in time. Um, so give me an example then of something that you hold high value that you think that I could kind of care less about? Mm. Well. Um, or is it difficult to do that? Uh, I, gosh, I, I don't know. It's hard for me. To see, I, I'm trying to go like go back the Rolodex through yeah. timelines, and I think it's been different at different times. Um, but uh, you know, we we've moved a lot, <laughs> and in moving, we take these boxes that we never unpack and we move them to the next place, and we never unpack it because yeah. we're not there very long, and we keep doing this cycle, right? And we finally landed in this house longer than anywhere else. And it was time to actually go through all of those boxes. Yeah. And there's a part of you that can easily say that's not our life anymore and can throw it out. But there's a part of me that has some kind of value to the past mm. that I need to be careful that I don't move forward too fast. That I am able to take something with me that's identity or something along with it so if we have a yard sale you give it all away and I'm sitting there going and taking things back and putting them back in the box and going I'm not ready for that yet and it's not about hoarding or something like that it's more about no you don't hoard but it's more about there's some kind of value tucked in there and I don't quite understand it honestly I'm sitting here talking about it and I don't really uh, get it entirely but um but it's there are some things that are much easier for you to just release and move past. So that's that's done. Let's go on. Right. And for me, there's there's often deeper attachments um, or maybe unresolved things that mm. I need to work through before I'm okay with letting that go. So yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. I'm. I just uh, we've used that analogy between ourselves quite a bit about you know we're not a good we're not good partners in a yard sale at all. No. Because for me, if I put something out there, it's because I don't want it to go back into my garage. Mm -hmm. And so... And if I put something out there, it's because I want to make money off yeah. of putting it out and there. And if somebody isn't willing to pay money for the thing... Then you that, give it away. Then I'm just like, well, then just take it. Because <laughs> I don't want <laughs> yeah. it to go back into the garage. And I'm like, well, I didn't go through all of this work to decide what goes out here so that somebody could just walk off with it. Right. You know, right. um, they have money in their purse. They went to the bank Friday to get money, <laughs> cash, so that they could go to the garage sale on Saturday. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have, we've done a lot of work over the years to, yeah. to try to learn each other, right. you know, and to 
um, learn what makes other people tick and, and that kind of thing. And, oh, man, I think back over all the personality tests mm-hmm. of various kinds that we have filled out. And and it started in, like, church years in spiritual gifts test, right? Remember that? <laughs> it's like, what's your spiritual gift, you know? And you fill out this personality profile, basically, mm-hmm. so you can figure out, you know, you know, yeah, how how God works through you, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> And, um, and then it got to the point where I could make it say whatever I wanted it to say. So I had taken enough of the tests that I could go through there and be like, I want to, I want it to say I'm this. And then I would just answer the questions in order to make it say something like that. Right. Um, and then later on it became like, you know, disc profiles and, and I remember this one test that somebody gave where it kind of like gave you like an animal or something like that that mm. you remember that mm. and like I was a I can't remember what I, I was a collie or something like that <laughs> that sound like yeah anyway but there was there was uh something to that where it was like you know you're kind of like this animal and you have these you know mm-hmm. uh traits about you and and that sort of thing and then there's the the Facebook memes, you know, and for quick things where you go on there and answer these six questions and, you know, or what do you see first? You're this kind of person, you know, and it, but there's like, there's this, um, there's this obsession, I think, with people to understand themselves um, and then to share that with other people so that they can feel known by other people, understood mm-hmm. by other people. And then also so they can like, feel like they know other people on mm-hmm. a, on a different level. And I, you know, talking about, you know, of course those within their circles, right. Family, mm-hmm. close friends, you know, things like that. Right. Um, and then, you know, we, we got pretty caught up in the Enneagram for a while and, and thought it was a lot of fun to, you know, look at that and, you know, and I'm trying to think there's so many others, Myers-Briggs, all those kind mm-hmm. of, I mean, there's just tons of different things out there like that. And, and I, I, I've, I've really, you know, come to look at all those things as kind of like, what well, if it helps you to feel like you understand yourself a little bit better or how or why you process the things, things the way you do, then great, you know. But I don't know that any stakes should be placed on those things. So Becca Lujan and I had a conversation the other day on a podcast recording um, kind of talking about the moving out of evangelical Christianity and and having gone through all those different personality tests and that kind yeah. of thing. And um, and she made a really good point that one of the thing one of the great takeaways in that is that she was able to see a through line through things, mm-hmm. and that no matter where her life took her, she was able to identify something that was true and constant about herself. And so then she can plug back into that. She can, it's kind of like this baseline. And, um, and one of the things that she was identifying was that, uh, she is probably, um, like a shepherd at heart. So, um, in the church, it looked like, you know, pastoring, teaching, you know, those kinds of roles, um, outside of the church, it looks different but it's still a similar quality sure. that she's been able to take all the way through. And so I think that there's value in being able to go through that. I also think there's a need for us as humans to, like you said, to be known, um, to be seen. Um, 
but also to be part of a group. Like when I say I'm an Enneagram six and you say, well, you wouldn't say, but if you were to say I'm an Enneagram six, I'd be like, oh, let's talk about that. Right. Right. right, right. right? And, uh, or you find someone who's kind of opposite of you or very different from you and it becomes intriguing to kind of capture those qualities within that um, uh, described tribe and find the differences, find the similarities. Um, I think it's part of how we connect as human beings is is in that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's part of us needing to recognize that we do need tribe at some level, even if the tribe we originally experienced um, wasn't healthy or wasn't supportive or was even, you know, abusive in some way, um, that there's still a need in us to belong to something. So um, uh, also I think there is this, when we start to, instead of just reacting to life and we start to understand what motivates us, what um, helps us to make the decisions that we make in life or why we respond this way to this circumstance, when we start to pay attention and get a little introspective on that, then we can be more conscious of the decisions that we are making, how mm. we're making them, um, and, you know, do do I really need to roll up the toothpaste? Because that actually helps my day be better, right? Or is that just a thing because it was a thing when I was growing up and it's just I don't know how to not do that thing anymore? And it, does it feel like it holds you to it? Like, if I don't do this, I failed somehow? Then that would be a really strong question to ask yourself. Why am I still doing that if I feel like if I don't do it, I'm going to fail? Um, versus, no, this is actually really supportive for my day in my life to do this thing. Then, yeah, keep doing that thing, right? Yeah. Um, so I think the introspection is, is good. Um, I also think we have to have a little humor about it. We have yeah. to have fun with it, yeah. right? To to know that we're different is really exciting, and we're really good at trying to make everybody be like us for some reason. I don't know why we want it that way. <laughs> I don't think we really want it that way. I think we feel, at times, we feel safe if we can make everybody like us. Um, but if if we're risky enough, if we're adventurous, uh, adventurous enough to just let in all those differences... It's really colorful. It's really beautiful. And it's really expanding of yourself, right? Yeah. You know, I I think there's a lot of, um, you know, personal, like you're saying, application or, mm-hmm. or you know, intrigue or, or all that kind of stuff that can, you know, that it, it can be, you know, those things can be helpful for us to, you know, understand mm-hmm. ourselves better, understand others in our immediate circles better, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I think the inherent danger that runs with any of that kind of stuff is that is is typing, quote unquote, oh, typing. And you and people. I are, are terrible about that. Yeah, we are. But we do but it. For we do fun, it. But we do it for fun, though. Yeah. We. I mean, like, we would never Ooh, hold anyone there are to seven. It. Yeah, but we would never <laughs> hold anybody to it, no. right? We would no. never be like. Yeah, you know, we can't hang out with them because they, they're this way, and those people drive us nuts, you yeah, know, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing, right? Um, 
but is you know there there is a real inherent danger in in you know like let's take the enneagram for for instance and let's take an enneagram seven for the you know the 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 thrill seeker seeker the the fun lover you know um, and there's this there's this part of it where you know we could identify somebody as in and type them as a seven without really knowing whether they are or not um or that you know they are i mean what does that mean right (laughs) and so but uh and then the enneagram is designed to be personal reflection of your own motivator we're not not, actually supposed to type everybody else's yeah yeah and then uh you know but then treat them as a a shallow surface level kind of person that Mm. is unable to go to any kind of depth or whatever else and it's like you could miss this whole opportunity to get right. to know somebody. One, right. because Putting you may them have... in a box that they might yeah, not fit in. Yeah, yeah. because you you may have mistyped them. Or that that doesn't make us who we are. Right. <laughs> who we are makes us who we are. And typing, you know, whatever type, Enneagram type we might be or, you know, you know disc profile that we might be or, or animal that I might be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is a is a vague reflection of, you know, the parts of me that came out in that test or whatever. Um, and, and nothing more. Right. Um, and, and so I think there is a a part of that, but you know, that happens on a, I mean, that happens today on a large scale Mm -hmm. though. Um, and it's, and it's not through personality profiles and all that kind of stuff, but we use, um, we political parties, labels, right? Yeah, labels. Yeah. yeah. So political parties, we use you know religious affiliations. Mm-hmm. We use um, class, you know. Um, yeah. So wealth, we use uh, race, um, uh, ethnicities, uh, sexualities. Weird. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. locations, you know, geography, all all those kinds of things, right? Um, and. And that is rampant. That's a problem today. Yeah. I mean, that's a serious, serious problem. Um, I got I got pretty fed up. Um, not fed up. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, weary. I got pretty weary with uh, the labels that were being thrown around on TikTok. And one of the things that has just struck me so much with the idea of asking questions because that's just been part of who you and I have been from the very beginning um we may not have always been questioning the same things that we question now but um asking questions was just a vital component of uh, moving into the future and what I'm seeing is that there is a label for that right and it's um son of satan (laughs) Or I think this came up last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's um, but it's this idea that if we um, decide, it, it, you know, us asking questions or being inquisitive means that we don't have faith, right? Right. So this this idea that this label that's placed on you for not fitting in that certain box actually produces hate, right? Sure. So I think you're right that by creating or putting too much weight in some of the personality tests and some of the boxes and containers and making assumptions, obviously, you know, gets us to where America is right now anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but poker. But poker. 
<laughs> but how does it help win? me? How does it help me win at poker? I already told you how to win <laughs> at poker. If you need me to go for you, I can do that. Yeah. Would, yes. I actually I would like that because no. you know when I agreed to it, it was in the future. <laughs> And it's Kate getting closer and closer to being time to actually go. And now I'm kind of like, but I already took my pants off. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, so it's because it's not in the future anymore. Um, there, There is this other, <laughs> this, uh, other uh, I don't know if you call it philosophy. It's a sociology, I guess. Um, that we're not very familiar with, but is but is very interesting to me on a, on another level because it it has um, it has somewhat to do with you know who you are individually. It has a lot a, a big application within who we are as society, and I think that this is is very interesting. But it, uh, spiral dynamics is is <laughs> what it's called. I thought we were going to talk um, about this because I hadn't no 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 time no, no, in no. It. no I said because because I. I Okay. I said neither one of us are are super familiar with it, but it, it it's just it's a fascinating yeah. thing for me because it's uh it, they kind of it, and it's and this is a very instead of it being like those the personality profiles and all that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. are just kind of like whomever did a you know decided this yeah. is the way things ought to be and then created a system or wrote a book about it. Spiral dynamics is something that's like that's in, that's uh, explored within. You know, uh, sociology, uh, sociology, and and psychology, but like from you know a uh, <laughs> from an and like a a highly educated perspective. I mean, it's like studies have been done, and yeah. and these are are you know anyway. It's it's much more than just a. I just showed how ignorant I am there. For you know, <laughs> I was struggling so hard for words. Um, but uh, but basically, it's just that it's this idea of this you know this growing spiral that gets larger and larger, and and there are color changes that happen through this spiral, and so and those are uh, like sociological ways that um, let's just talk about society for a second. That society kind of engages with each other and with itself, um, and and kind of a. a not a group think, but it's like, but that's the tribe. You were talking about tribes earlier, right? Like this right. is how we approach life. This is where we're at. This is what we think is right and true and, and all that kind of stuff. And of course this is, there, there's also true on an individual level where individual kind of grows up through these as well. Um, but, uh, but it, but it, again, it can be captured on a much larger scale. Um, and it goes all the way from like, you know, the beige instinctive survivalist level, which is just kind of like, you know, um, what do they call it? Maslow's hierarchy. You know, it's like you, you've got to have food, shelter, and sex, I think, is I think the, the three or, or something like that. Um, and then you go into like, oh, I forgot to say that these are, are all color coded too, right? All the way up too. So then you got the purple or the magical, and that's where. You know, at once you were at this place of, you know, of, of just taking care of the raw basic needs. And then you realize that water fall, falls from the sky, right? Well, why does it fall sometimes and not others? Well, it must be that there's this, uh, you know, this force that's causing it to. And so how can we make the force, you know, 
cause the water to fall again. So it's this magical period where, you know, and then you go to a red, impulsive, and uh, and that's more about like taking control, right? And and taking so like taking agency in your life, and and so now I'm gonna take care of my own. I'm gonna, you know, build up for myself, all that kind of stuff. You've got blue. Sounds like um, uh, try. Uh, Infant and toddler. Yeah. And then grade school. Yeah. And yeah. then junior high. Yeah. Like self-agency. Well, it's, you, you, you kind of see it and yeah. kind of that. And then there's like blue, which is uh, authoritarian. Um, and and that's where it's like people begin to bind together under with rules and structure for society, you know, and they start to value um, law and order, you know, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. Orange is the strategic level. Um, and it's, and it's more of where then you, you begin to play the systems or work the systems to your benefit, right? So it's not just about black and white rules and laws, but now it's about learning how to interact with those, to get things to go your way, to make things, you know, Mm -hmm. more, um, beneficial to you or to your tribe. Uh, green is the community or egalitarian, which is where, you are, you know, seeking to be at peace with yourself and with others. Um, so you want good for the society as a whole, you know. Um, and then you get into like yellow, which is the integrative, which is um, to to experience life fully and to experience all that life has to offer and um, and uh, it, with responsibility too, to you know, to not not experiencing life at your um, you know, privilege or yeah, yeah, but to but to actually to to in that we should all be living and enjoying and experiencing the same goodness of life and the fullness of life and all that, and then you get into turquoise, um, which is the holistic, and that's the wholeness of existence, and this is where things become um, very spiritual again. Like you know, you kind of had this spirituality that existed back in the magical age, um, and then it. That, that spirituality kind of, it changes shape up through mm-hmm. until you kind of lose it again in like the, you know, basically the yellow stage, there's, there, you know, or the green stage, there's, you know, spirituality takes on a whole different kind of look at that point. And turquoise, there's a full embrace of spirituality again. But it's more like being the, the oneness of everything and being, you know, engaged with all that is, you know, and, and not seeing your part, yourself as separate from anything or anyone, but all that kind of stuff. And it, and so when you when you look at this, you in you can see like where different groups of people um, are are kind of, would you know you, you start to think man they're kind of in that you know in that red impulsive stage right now right mm-hmm. we we see like this whole group of people that are that way or the blue authoritarian stage right the, I mean you know when I say law and order I mean what does that bring to mind immediately right now. <laughs> Right? And, you know, Trumpism and, and that sort of thing, right? That's a very, like, uh, I mean, that's a very, it's it's funny, but it's a, it's a very blue spiral dynamic meme um, where this container that, that holds a, a way of a, approach to life for a lot of people together. And they're, they're in that stage right there, you know? Um, but the other thing that's interesting, too, is that when you kind of go up through these stages, you when you transcend from one color to another, you take with you uh, so much of of what you, colors you've gone through before, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't 
you don't necessarily leave things behind, but you you don't necessarily do that knowingly. And so there's this there's this tendency to look back and with disdain at those who are in the the lower colors, basically, mm. right? So as an authoritarian in the blue, you would look back at the red, who's the impulsive, right? And and you would like look at you know with disdain at them for just you know don't they you know don't they follow the rules you know can't they follow the rules and we need to have you know how come they're just acting rather than thinking about their actions and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. right um, and then even within going into you know orange you know which is the the strategic um, it, looking back at the the blue which is authoritarian and kind of like. You know, all you are is is law and order, rules on rules on rules. And don't you know that you got to kind of work the system to make it work for you and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, there's like there's there's all these things that get captured and and these traps that happen in that, too, in our in our thinking. But um, stuff like this is like super, super interesting to me because this isn't about like so much about like categorizing, you know, this is more about observation. And so, you know, again, being able to, you know, to look from um, this, you know, really tons and tons of observation that, that sociologists and psychiatrists have done, um, or psychologists, um, in, in saying this is kind of a natural progressions of human development that we see, but we progress as individuals as humans but we also progress as societies in similar kinds of ways. And so while, while a person can go from being a, a born infant into, you know, a, you know, ancient adulthood, <laughs> and they can grow up through, through all of those things, they don't, like, if you put two people next to each other in their lifespans, they can be at very different places in how they approach life, how they think about life, and how they engage other people, all that kind of stuff. Because just the the going through the process of aging does not make us more or less aware, right? Mm-hmm. There's a different kind of thing that influences awareness through all of that, those phases as well. The same can be said for societies. That just because societies can grow in age doesn't mean that they can they can grow in awareness towards one another. And I, um, I do think it's really interesting too that when you look at a lot of you know what's going on in the world right now, um, and you know of course we're we're more connected than ever through you know social medias and and, and that sort of thing, right? That there is, you know, I'm constantly seeing, you know, uh, comments and feedback from people in other countries looking at what's going on here with the, you know, the the lines and the divisions that have happened here, you know, and um, the the polarization that happens and, you know, all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, especially over the past, you know, you know, six, eight years or so. And, and like people in other parts of the world are like, you guys need to grow up, you know, you guys are, this is kind of ridiculous, you know, and and you find this kind of stuff. I mean, you find small thinking all over the place, you know. Well, yeah, we'll find Um, that just here in the U.S. Well, you know, the, the differences between culturally, and I think 
this probably plays into culture, but culturally, what the difference between, let's just take the state of Washington. Um, the west side, coastal side, versus the inland. There's a vast difference in who we are. Right. Um, how rural you live, how, you know, what what do you need out of these things to right. to move through. But but as you live in a community, you move with that community, right. wherever that community goes. And if you move beyond that community, then sometimes you outgrow it and you have to go somewhere else. Yeah. Or you, um, it's too much for you. So you need to go back to someplace else where you were. Um, not that any one of those is right or wrong. No, it has just, nothing to do right. with right or wrong. It has to do with how you're experiencing life, how you're approaching life. So, yeah, and I and I said that there's like a you know for though when you, um, when you grow into another level, you you have this tendency to look back with disdain on the level that you came from, yeah. right? Right. But what I didn't talk about is those when you're at a lower level you simply cannot understand or comprehend the higher levels. Mm-hmm. Like it's because that that it's just not there for you to. Right. Right? Um, and so... Well, and it, it can actually be a f- fearful. That's what I was going to say. So, it, so yeah. it actually become the higher levels then become a threat or they become, you know, uh, or, or we become fearful of those things or, or just that you don't know how else to do it, so you mock it. So you, you see yeah. a lot of that too, right? Where, you, you know, like um, I was you know, having a conversation with somebody not long ago, and, and I was talking about, you know, how do we know if we're right about anything and, you know, and, right. and how we can, you know, and, and how we engage with the universe and all that kind of stuff and, and uh, how uncertain reality even is and, and all that. And they were like, yeah, you can spend a lot of time navel gazing, but what does that get you? You know, and that was like a, that's a thing. That's a thing for somebody who is at a blue level to look at, you know, forward to somebody who's in a, in a green level or a yellow level even, you know, and be, and I'm not saying I'm either one of those. I'm just saying that, you know, for somebody to look forward to to something like that and be like, yeah, well, you're just navel gazing. You're just staring at your belly button. You know, that doesn't, you know, it. What do you? Well, what I, what good are you? What value are you in the in the universe? You know, or right. or just to our neighborhood because we don't even really think about the universe or whatever else. So, it's that it's this it's this fear that grows of the unknown like that, or there's this mockery of it because we just can't we simply can't understand it, right? Or it actually feels really ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Like yeah. I'm noticing on um, some of the co- comments, um, you posted a video about. N- um, not, uh, oh, everybody wants to know, are you a Christian? Yeah. Like they need you to answer this question. With a yes or a no. A yes or no. But they're not okay with, I don't care. Like, or I don't know. Or, um, does it matter? Or because for, for them, it actually really does matter. It, they do not know how to interact with you right. without one of those answers. Right. Because once they get that answer, then they know, oh, I'm going to deal with you as a Christian. Oh, I'm going to deal with you as a son of Satan. Like, it's one or the other, right? Right, right. <laughs> so when you're a per- the kind of person who's really okay with the not landing, with 
continuing to answer or ask the questions, continuing to be okay with not having the answers, that is very scary yeah. to someone who needs the answers um, for whatever the reasons are, uh, whether it is completely societal and cultural or whether it's it's personal, it's experiential from, from their own life and their own past. Um, but I think understanding that some of us are in these different points of the spiral can be helpful as long as we're not typing but it can be helpful to understand this is why we keep we are unable to have that conversation when we get together at thanksgiving these topics are off off limits because we are unable to cross that barrier between those two colors right yeah yeah i would say that how this concept and again i i wasn't trying to do any kind of exposition on spiral dynamics Mm -hmm. i i know very, very little about no, it, I which I think I just proved by what I, you know, <laughs> how I went through it right then. Um, but, but that's okay because I, it's something that I'm learning about, and you know, and there. Are, but immediately, what it did for me um, was the thing about looking back with disdain, right? And so I immediately began to say, "Oh, I need to not do that then," you know, because that's a that's kind of a that's a normal kind mm-hmm. of impulsive kind of, of response. But, but in reality, I need to understand that that was me. Like I came up through that because that's the other thing, you know, that is, is generally agreed upon in spiral dynamics is there is no skipping anything. You Mm. must come up through each of these or else the other one becomes incomplete. Like, right. It's, it's not all there. So, um, because again, it carries forward like a spring. It carries forward all of the lower components into the next one, and so you you carry all those things with you, you know. And so that is still in me. That is still there. And so to to have you know what do you call it grace? What do you call it tolerance? Do you have you know whatever else that it might be? Um, <coughs> excuse me. You uh, I to just like put a check on myself, you know, to not be judgmental, mm-hmm. I think is the, is one of the big things about it. And the second thing is then too, is to not try to have conversations, um, that are, that are going to frustrate people. Mm-hmm. Like there are some people or, or frustrate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, really, way, I mean, yeah. but, but there's part of it where I could like lord my superiority over someone by feeling like I have had this higher level, more enlightened conversation and, and I'm talking down to you, you know, but, but the reality is, is it's like, okay, why, why would I intentionally frustrate with something that they're just not ready to understand yet? And it has nothing to do with about whether they can understand it or not. This has nothing to do with intelligence or maturity or anything else. This is just, that's not where they are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, in the same way that if, that if I tried to, you know, explain to Asher, you know, how to do an oil change on the Jeep, right? Um, first of all, I would have to learn. But second, <laughs> um, I can find my way through it. But um, but just to, by way of, of example, cars. he he just, I mean, he he's barely forming words right now. Why would I frustrate him with, you know, trying to teach him something that is so far beyond where he is right now, yeah. um, what he's ready for right now? So there was this uh, <clears throat> this time that we took the girls to Disneyland, the only time yeah, they've been to yeah. Disneyland. And um, 
Kaylee is three and a half years older than Sydney. And so Kaylee is in grade school. And Sydney, uh, she hadn't started school yet. And um, Sydney was at this place where, I remember how we ended up in Disneyland because we had gone to Boise and we stopped at McDonald's. And they still had Happy Meals. I don't know if they do now. I, been, I don't even think I've been back since then. Um, <laughs> they do. But, but, and on the Happy Meal box was Tinkerbell. Mm, but it yeah. was also the castle of Disneyland, mm. right? And, um, and she goes, what is that? She's pointing to the castle. And I said, well, that's where Tinkerbell lives. <laughs> and um, she goes, what? <laughs> Tinkerbell has a house? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, it's in California. And she goes, what? Because <laughs> she knew people who lived in California. Yeah. And, um, and I, she goes, can I go there? I said, well, yeah, we have to plan it, but we can get there. We can go to Tinkerbell's house. So we made it a point within the next year to get to Tinkerbell's house in Disneyland. So we go to Disneyland. And Kaylee has one experience. She's like, oh, cool. All the, the characters, the people dressed up as the yeah. characters, yeah. right? And I get to see them. And the girls had these little autograph books so they could get autographs from each pictures, one and get take and pictures and all of that. Yeah. And um, so for Kaylee, it's this, this understanding that this is really fun. And um, I love seeing them in the costumes. And it's all exciting. But there's this understanding that these are costumes, right? Right. Not for Sydney. Sydney is like, oh my gosh, I'm, that's Cinderella. Yeah, like, I am for here. Me. I am here with and them. And she got a kiss on the cheek by Little Mermaid. And it was like she walked around and wouldn't let anybody touch her cheek. <laughs> and then there was this there was this moment where we hadn't seen Tinkerbell yet. And so we were trying to, you know, plan where we could mm-hmm. find Tinkerbell. She only came out at certain times. And Tinkerbell was her Disney character. Yeah. And she, uh, we, before we went to this parade where we were pretty sure we were going to see Tinkerbell in the parade, um, we found um, Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. and um, Prince William. Is it Prince no, William? No, that's a real person. Oh, sorry. <laughs> who is, who? I don't remember. But anyway, go ahead. Anyway. So she sees Sleeping Beauty, but she knows Sleeping Beauty by her actual name. Aurora. Aurora. <laughs> and so she goes, I, I want to go see Aurora. And we're trying to race our way to this right. parade and not miss it. But since everybody was doing the same thing, nobody was in line. So we go and walk straight up to them. And she gets this autograph and a hug and a picture and everything from Aurora. Right. So we get done. We go over to the parade and... Of course, we're waiting for Tinkerbell. We're right on the edge of the road where the parade mm-hmm. comes through. And one of the floats that comes by has Aurora on it. But you and me and Kaylee knew that this was a different Aurora. Right. It was a different girl in the same costume, right? We could tell. Yeah. She didn't. <laughs> she walks right out into the street. She puts her hand in the air and says, Aurora, it's me, Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, oh my gosh, this world 
is so real. It for was her. the most amazing, amazing thing ever we had experienced. Yeah. yeah. And and then a little bit later that night, she did see Tinkerbell and stuff, but later that night in Disneyland when it gets nighttime, the trees twinkle with all the fairies, right? Yep. And they're just twinkle lights. Mm-hmm. But for Sydney, it was the fairies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it was so real and so magical. And I remember us walking away from that whole experience, realizing that she had as much of a real experience as we did, and yet we knew that her real experience was layered with um, another tr- a truth behind it, right? Yeah. It's, this is a costume, this is pretend, and yet it wasn't pretend at all. It was where she was at and what she understood. It really helped me moving forward in the future with people to realize that somebody else's experience in life, where Mm. they're at, is incredibly real. Um, Even though I might be able to stand in the same space and go, I know what that is. Yeah. Here, let me help you solve your problem because I can tell you what this is actually about. Right. And realizing that that's not what Sydney needed in that moment. She needed us to be in the magic with her. And understanding that someday she's not going to be in the magic anymore. And she's not. And um, so how we move through these, um, I think, requires incredible relationship and compassion and understanding within our community. And if one of us can live with rules not... Um, that that we believe rules shouldn't even exist at all, that we should just love our neighbor. I know we've had that conversation. But somebody else feels like this world without police protecting us or laws in the court protecting us um, would be um, a destruction of life. Mm-hmm. Well, those are both two very real realities yeah. in the same space. So how do we how do we live together within that? Um, we can't just ask somebody to move up the spiral dynamic um, loop, right? Right. Um, we have to learn how to have relationship with each other um, and appreciate that in the process of it. Yeah. Did you like my story? You're a much better storyteller than I am. Oh, it's just such an easy story to tell, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm usually better at telling stories than I than I was today, but, uh, uh. you know. <laughs> that was. That was uh, such an incredible time, and... You're right. Such a incredible realization, too. Um, and so, uh, yeah, for all the differences that exist between you and I, I think that's the thing that has happened more than anything, mm-hmm. is that we have worked to try to to really understand where each other's coming from, mm-hmm. even when we can't. Even when we know that yeah. we just can't, we we value it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes work. It does. And yeah. when we do that with others, we have we have similar experiences with yeah. others too. Right. right. Um, and uh, and when we don't do it with others, um, we're usually cussing, and we're usually yeah. frustrated, yeah. and we're usually not liking humans anymore. And we're judgmental. Right. And we're, yeah. All that kind right. of stuff too. Um, and. You know, if I'm really honest, there's some there's some people that I want to judge. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just being honest, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. because I 
I so despise how they think or what they do or, or whatever else, you know, that I'm like, I'm totally fine judging them. I don't want to see life from their perspective mm-hmm. or whatever else. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I know that I'm still growing and developing myself, too. So, uh, mm. But you know what? I Sometimes I really just want to believe there's really fairies in the tree. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes you just can't unknow what you know but it would be really nice to just believe in the fairies just take a and the break trees. from what we know sometimes maybe that's why we all go to Disneyland yeah <laughs> yeah we need to take Asher yeah after a, after a while yeah yeah he's not quite it wouldn't be the same thing right no now. not yet yeah a couple years still so alright let's let everybody go okay alright <laughs> <laughs>